Welcome to another episode of A Gift from Adversity. My name is Julia. I'm your host. Thank you so much for tuning in tonight. And I have a wonderful guest today. So I met him at Berkeley College of Music, where I went to school to study music. And then we've been friends. And then uh, for the past maybe few years that we got reconnected. And then he has been a really uh, great uh, influence and positive supporter and really, really giving me empowerment and a great um, encouragement for everything I do. So I'm so glad that I have Carlos Colon tonight. Thank you so much for being here tonight, Carlos. Hey, good evening to everybody. Uh, it's a pleasure to be here. Um, I remember when you first thought about doing this series, and uh, I thought it was a great idea because uh, it's obviously, uh, I mean, a lot of people still haven't uh, figured out like that your book is an amazing book. And um, I think that um, once people see uh, the depth that you go into with uh, some of your, your experiences as a kid and, and going through, um, you know, as a young person and, and a single mom and all this stuff, I think that the, uh, your book, I, I thought it was a great idea to, to make this series based on your book. Thank you, Carlos. So this is my book called A Gift from Adversity, and it's available on Amazon, Barnes and Nobles, and ebook as well. So I wrote this book about my overcoming sexual abuse, domestic violence, bullying, and homelessness that I experienced in my life. And it was very tough to write this but i was doing a lot of guest speaking opportunities and then a lot of people asked if i had a book and then i didn't so now i do have a book so after i published my book a lot of people asked me and share their adversity and i felt compelled to create this safe platform where people can talk about the adversity but not only that how they how did they overcome their adversity and how um what, what are the tools and also what's the gift that came from it? So, Carlos, before we dive into our topic, can you please introduce our audience about the name and who you are, what you do? Well, uh, my name is Carlos, Carlos Cologne, uh, Carlos with a K, and um, my brother and I, our production uh, team, we do music, we do video, we do film, we do all kinds of different things, uh, but reality, our, our first love is music production. And uh, me and Judy, we met, we met in Berkeley College of Music oh my God, a long time ago. And uh, we won't say how many years, but uh, many, many years ago. And um, we uh, have always kept in touch. And uh, in the last couple of years, uh, have created a very, very strong friendship. And uh, we, we, um, we lean on each other for many, many things, and uh, I'm I'm so thankful for her friendship and and the many things that she shares, uh, with not only with myself but with all the people that she that she surrounds herself. And um, so my brother and I, um, we live in Orlando, and uh, we're currently uh, going between Orlando and Dominican Republic, but we're working uh, on a musical project with one of our artists, um, uh, El Big Man, Big Man Lanzo Cinco. And um, we're very excited for some of the music that's going to be coming out very, very soon and have been on a quest to, to make sure that everybody understands and, and gets exposed to our music and our productions with, with Big Man and C Cinco. 
Wonderful. So um, I have some live comments uh, coming in. Dora Yavanka, amazing you both. And Jess Henlon, great stuff. Oh, great. <laughs> Shout out to Dora Yavanka, Abril, and Jess Henlon. Yes, yes, yeah. Those are all friends. Uh, I, I posted uh, a quick uh, reminder on Facebook, and uh, it's gotten over 150 likes. And uh, I'm sure there's going to be a bunch of people coming in uh, to, to hang with us. Yeah, so people are welcome to comment live. Um, and then we will try to incorporate some of the questions that they have for us as well. So now let's dive into our main topic, which is our diversity. Yes. So can you please tell our audience what was your greatest adversity in your life? You know, it's funny because um, when, when you and I first started talking about creating this series and, you know, I thought it was a great idea. I started to think about myself and my own life and, and what were the adversities that I've gone through because I've gone through many. But I think the one that I finally kind of like I had a, a realization of what I wanted to speak about is, is basically like the life of an immigrant and live, leaving your homeland for something different with, you know, let's say the American dream and uh, a lot of people that, that come to this country from so many different places in the world and try their best to uh, create a new path for their families, create a new path for themselves, you included. And so many of our people from Berkeley, like, I mean, Berkeley uh, College of Music in Boston is like 60, 50 to 60% international. And I tell this to, people, this to people all the time, like I have friends everywhere, everywhere in the world, I, there's somebody that that went to school with me and that, uh, you know, I always love Facebook because uh, when, when it comes time for my birthday, I always start getting birthday messages like at 7 p.m. the day before from all my Asian friends in Japan, Malaysia, Korea, China, Vietnam, all those people start like, hey, happy birthday, happy birthday. So it's, it's, very, it's a very specific and, and special place. And um, so I think, the one adversity that I'd like to talk about today is, is, is the trauma that is growing up in a country that's not your own and, and how hard it is to, to connect with people that don't, they, they look at you as almost like, like you're invading, like you're trying to steal their jobs and you're trying to like take over their country when in reality, all you're looking for is a, is a shot to, to try and make your dream come true. And I'm sure between me and Judy, and there's so many people who, who are on this chat right now who are all immigrants or, or the sons and daughters of immigrants who are here, you know, and are trying their best to either learn the language, learn how to be American, learn how to, uh, uh, you know, kind of walk the walk and talk the talk of being in this country. And I mean, that's kind of a, an all over the world type of thing. If, if you're from the Middle East and you're in Europe, you're an immigrant. If you're, you know, um, coming from, uh, you know, let's say China or Vietnam and you're in Australia, you're an immigrant. There's, there's everywhere in the world, there's somebody leaving the place where they're from to try and go to somewhere else that has better opportunities. So it's, it's, um, it's, a, it's, it's a story that happens throughout uh, uh, humanity and has happened forever. If we go, we go from biblical stories to just real life history and, and everywhere in between, there's somebody struggling to go to a different place that, uh, that they hear has better opportunities for their families and 
they do it bravely. They do it, uh, you know, in service of others and they, they do their best. So it's, it's, a, it's a story that happens all the time. Yeah, so growing up, you kind of mentioned off this show that, you know, you try to hide your accent or try to, you know, kind of avoid the bullying and what happened? So, um, you know, when I first got to this country, I, first of all, just as a background, uh, when I came to this country, I was seven years old. So I, I, I was born in Dominican Republic, spent the first years of my of my life there. Um, I, well, a little bit more background is my, my parents at one point made the decision that we're gonna come here. And um, basically they decided that my dad would go first to try and get here, get jobs and, and get, get himself stable. Cause there's four kids, myself, my, my younger brother Vlad, who we're the ones who work together and do all the music productions. My older brother Pablo, who is in the army, in the US army. And then my, my, the eldest of all of us, my sister Nadia, who lives in Boston. I, I don't know if they're here today, but hey everybody. Um, and so, um, so we left, we lived with my grandparents, my maternal grandparents, uh, Doña Virin and Don Genaro. And they, uh, they helped my mom take care of us. And so we lived with them for a couple of years while my, while my dad was getting everything together. And uh, after about three years, we, we came up to Boston and then I grew up in Boston. Uh, and so, you know, I had already learned Spanish. I knew how to, how to read and write Spanish. And so when I came here, all of a sudden I'm, I'm forced now to, to learn a new language and to, to try to learn this new, this new country and in the beginning, honestly, for us, you know, you hear about America all the time, and I'm sure you could understand this. All the best culture comes from here. All the best stuff comes from here. So you're, you're, you're kind of programmed as a kid in, in all these different countries that America is this, this amazing, amazing place. All the movies come from here, Hollywood, all, everything comes from here. So for us, it was very exciting to be here and, and to be a part of this country, you know? And so in the beginning, it was like an adventure. You know, we were so excited to be here and uh, we, we, we uh, touched our first snow. We'd only seen it in, in like movies. And so we're just little kids in a new country. And then, uh, you know, I, I lived, I, I went to school as a bilingual student for a couple of years. And then, um, then my parents made the decision to put me into full English and that uh, that was a big struggle, big big struggle. That first year, I was when I was in fifth grade, and from that moment on, now you start to see that you're different because in the bilingual classes, you're surrounded by Latin people, so they, everybody speaks Spanish, you know, and, and you're learning English, and so you're not you don't feel differently, you don't feel weird, but um, when when you now make a cross into a full English uh, classroom, now you're surrounded by Americans and you're that kid with the weird accent you know what i mean and so um for a long time i had a very very strong spanish accent and um when i got to be in seventh grade um basically i started to be bullied for being you know that one kid that one immigrant kid um and i literally hated going to school and and i could not it was anxiety every single day and it was only during coming home from school. So during the mornings, I had no problems getting to school. But between the, the time I got to school and the time I got home, uh, these guys made it uh, 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 made my life very, very difficult, very difficult. And I, it was just the worst time of my life. And so 
during that time, uh, I, I did my best to try and just kind of like, you know, figure out what I need to do to, leave, to have these people leave me alone and, and to, and to finally just be, be rid of them and everything. And so, you know, I think it, it created sort of a, a, um, um, a route for the rest of my teens where um, I kind of was like trying to run away from my, from my Dominican roots and just try to be as American as I possibly could. And, and I needed to like learn how to speak English better. I needed to learn, I had to look American, you know, act American and, and just be from here. And I think I went really, really hard in that direction for a long time to try and fit in. And it, and it all had to do with this, this bullying thing from seventh grade. And I think this happens a lot. You know, and I'm thankful that at least, uh, you know, I'm, I'm fair skinned, you know, I'm, I'm fairly white. But imagine if you had an accent and you were black, I mean, or if you were like, like what happens to Asians now, you know, and, and all this stuff is going on. You, you're, you can, they can see you from a mile away. I mean, for me, I'm, I'm fairly white from, from very far away, but I got this, this big nose here. So they know I'm not from here. They can tell I'm not from here. And so, um. I think, um, you know, uh, it's, it's a story that happens a lot to a lot of us. And I think that was one of the things that most, you know, made it hard for me to fit in and to figure out how to, how to be myself in this, in this foreign country. Yes, it's very, very um, tough. I think when you are seventh grade and then came here and experienced that, it's a little bit different story that I was actually senior when I came to America and then I have kind of established my life in Japan. And then I was doing like an exchange program just to purely learn English and not knowing any language. And then I had my share of not bullying, but you know, self-complex of not being able to speak the language, etc. But, you know, I can't imagine being seventh grade and then being bullied over your accent try to hide your identity and we kind of talked about it how how did it affect you to try to disguise yourself um for like you know say hiding accent or hiding your true identity at such a young age you know um when we were that young when we were first come to the country like we saw this as an you know adventure and all this stuff once that died down now you're here you're living um you're always the other kid, you know? Um, and it's tough because they're also trying to figure themselves out as well. You know, they don't know anything and, and whatever they can do to look cool to whoever it is they're looking cool for, um, they'll do whatever they can to even for them not to be, you know, cause sometimes the bullying is from a person who doesn't want to be bullied. So they'll bully first so they don't get bullied. You know what I mean? And what's funny is a lot of this came from people who are Latin, like, they were already here and I guess probably they were born here or whatever. So they don't have an accent, but you're the new kid on the block. You're the first off the boat. So, you know, I, most of my bullying came from, from Latinos, which is, which is really sad, but uh, you know, black people were cool with me, white people were cool with me. And it was, it was for my own people that I got, I got most of my bullying, which is really, really weird and kind of twisted, but it kind of makes sense in the sense that you police yourself, you police your own. You know what I mean? Like, you know, like you, you, you wouldn't go ahead and, and try to bully a black kid because he's, you know, that's a different group, but you bully the ones that you know, because that's the ones that are from your group. You know what I mean? 
So I guess it, it kind of makes sense like that. And so, um, you know, you, you try to learn how to, how to like wear the right fashions, how to re listen to the right music. And so, um, you know, for a long time, I ran away from, from my Latinness and, and tried to be American and tried to listen to the right music and try to re like, you know, learn the lyrics to this and, and just try to create um, the, the idea that I was from here. And I think that it was a mistake and um, I'm glad that my parents kind of caught wind of it and took me back to DR, to the Dominican Republic and, and have me uh, have a chance to reconnect with my roots. And I, I got a chance to do that um, when I was about 17 or 18. And from that moment on, I, I've gone full circle the other way, 360 and just tried my best to reconnect with my, my languages of Spanish and and my culture and you know my my uh, Latinness, if you will. So it 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 was good. It was a good journey because at the end of the day, um, you know, having gone as far as I went and only to come back even harder, like it made me more love my culture and and Spanish and all this stuff. So it, it was tough. It was very very tough. And like I said, I, I would come home crying. I would come home and they would like. They would take my books and throw them everywhere and do all kinds of, of just messed up things. And I remember the day that it finally stopped and it wasn't because they learned or something like that. It's literally we moved and we bought our first house in another section of Boston. And so the bus changed. So I didn't take the, that same bus anymore. And just because I didn't take that bus, now they they just they forgot about me or they didn't want to mess with me and and my life went on from there on it was like the biggest change i just felt the biggest relief that i could just oh i, I felt but the thing is only looking back on it now the, the scars were there you know what i mean and and that that anxiety and you know like you're trying to like fit in and stuff that never went away even though the bullying stopped all those all those traumas and all that stuff was still there and and you know to this day it only took like later on after I did my bachelor's at Berkeley, I did my master's in elementary education, and and through the different courses that I took about child psychology and all this stuff, that I really start to like to think about um, you know some of the things that we went through as being immigrant kids. One of which was um, you know we were missing grandparents, uncles, aunts, cousins, everything. It was just a, it was just our little family. And a couple of people scatter around. So you never, like, you know, on the weekends, oh, let's go to Auntie whatever's house. And then all the cousins are there and the grandparents are there. And, and all you have all this, this, like, you have a team of people that you can say, that's my family. You know what I mean? Like, we just didn't grow up that way. And we always were just ourselves. You know what I mean? And so, you know, in some ways, it, it goes back to the idea that you, you create your family with the friends you pick. And I think that, you know, before long, I, I started to create a good friendship base and a lot of those people became my, my, my base. And a lot of them are still my friends on Facebook and we still, you know, we laugh about each other's kids. I mean, their kids, I don't have any kids, but, um, you know, uh, it's funny how, you know, thank God that um, you start to figure out not only yourself, but, but, but uh, the people that you most connect with and the people that give you the most, uh, um, backing and, and, you know, um, I really was very lucky to have found music when I did, um, and, and the band and, and all the things that happened when I was there at, at Latin Academy, which is where I went to high school there in Boston, Boston Latin Academy. And, um, 
if it hadn't been for band, I don't know where I'd be. I really don't. And music, music saved me. It really did. Yeah, so that's the next question that I always ask for our guests after sharing adversity. First of all, I'm very sorry that happened to you. And then um, the effect of the childhood trauma and the bullying and then, you know, trying to find identity uh, when you are especially immigrant. I think this is a topic that a lot of people face in America or maybe in different parts of the world, vice versa. But um, what do you think? maybe the tools, you mentioned the music, but going through it in the middle of this building, in the middle of this identity crisis, what was the best tool that you remember that you used to overcome this adversity? Um, you know, I'll tell you, I've been trying to think about those moments a lot. I, I you know, obviously they're very, very like, they have a lot of emotion mixed into them. So I try not to think about them, but since I've, I've become an adult and I've had a lot of time to think about a lot of these little episodes that, you know, you try to bury, you know, you try not to think about. Um, I think uh, my siblings was, was a big thing. You know, my family, um, my parents are very hardworking people and they're still very hardworking people. Even when they're in their sixties and seventies, they're still going, they're just, they're nuts. But um, I think it, it, I was very lucky to have a very stable home life. My parents are still married. They're, they've been married almost 45 years this year. It'll be 45 years. So, uh, no, 44, should be. And um, my, my brothers and sister, um, they, they've always been such a great uh, um, team. Because, you know, like I said, we didn't have a bunch of cousins. We didn't have a bunch of, you know, aunts and uncles and everybody. So we really were very tight my parents and my and my my siblings and I and so you know um I would just try my best to 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 survive honestly and and try not to think about it and you know I'm thankful I mean I know some kids would get bullied for years my bullying only took like it was like probably a very strong eight months you know what I mean and and then we moved and it was just it, it was night and day I couldn't believe it because we first of all we were in our first house in America which is a big deal you know, I had I, I didn't have my own room. I, me and my brothers have always shared a room because my sister always gets her room because she was the only girl, and then the three boys are always <laughs> packed in together. But but it was our house, and it was the first time we hadn't rented anything because we we literally had moved every year since we got to this country, and it took us at least seven years and many moves to get to this one spot where we finally had a house. So it was too, it was a twofer because. We were finally like settled somewhere where we could say this is our house and then this bullying finally stopped so i, I kind of created like a safe haven finally it was like oh my god i can't believe it now i can finally go forward and try to create and become something and 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 at the time i this was the first year i had gone to latin academy so it was a new school too and the next year um my brother uh pablo my older brother went into latin academy so I also had my brother now at the same school as I. So everything changed after that moment. Everything started going in a different direction. And that's when I started music because my brother Pablo, he wanted to learn trumpet. And uh, I had never touched a musical instrument in my life, you know? And so he said, hey, let's go down there. Let's see what happens. I want to learn how to play trumpet. So I played trumpet for about five minutes, like not even. It was just the hardest thing I'd ever tried to do because you know you have to you have to really blow into the trumpet, 
And I'm looking over and all the kids on clarinet go, they're going crazy with the clarinet. I'm like, I think I'm going to do that instead because this is taking way too much. And that, and so my brother tried trumpet and I did clarinet and uh, the rest is history. Uh, um, he actually ended up becoming a black belt in karate, which we both started at the same time as well. My brothers and I, we all started karate together. And then my brother and I started music together. And then I went to Berkeley and he became a black belt. So we went, we went like this, like in different directions completely. But I think, you know what, looking back on it, it was the, the extracurricular activities. It was the, all that other stuff that really helped out because then, you know, the sensei and, and the band leader and the band teacher, all these, all these great adults that were there to kind of create a new environment for you to feel safe and to feel nurtured and to feel um, like you were, you know, um, uh, supported. And so I think all of these other people, because my, my parents were always working. And they, they didn't have enough time to be there and, and, and be watching for us and everything. Like, I sort of got, I think my parents went to school like three times for me, like in, in all the years that I did school here, because they just, they were always working. They were just trying to make it. And Boston is a very expensive city. And, and my parents did it on one salary, my dad's salary, who, he was a teacher. And so they, I mean, I, you want to talk about savings and like, doing it on nothing, like hand-me-down sneakers and all that stuff, like poverty for real. And when we got here, I mean, I think that's another thing I, I didn't really talk about. I mean, when we got here, we didn't even have like furniture or nothing. We had like the best we slept in. We had one table that we all ate at and then a TV. And I think that's that's all we had for like a year and change. It's funny, my brother and I were talking about it, um, like I think it's yesterday or the day before, like of that moment when we didn't have, like we started, my mom, felt bad so we started like using like um milk crates to kind of sit on and watch tv on and stuff and i remember the moment we got our first like couch it was a huge thing and you, and you think the couch that's not a big deal like it was a big deal to bring that thing home and, and have it in the house it was like oh my god we can sit on this couch now like we have a couch this is amazing it was like it, it, it made it made everything so much better because now you felt like you're finally here. You're about to become part of like, you know, you have, you're a normal family. You have a couch and you have a TV, and you, have, you know, like so um, that was the other thing. Like we were not rich and and it took a long time for my family to get to a point where, like I said, where we um, we bought that house that, that took five years, six years. And my father saved every penny like and and to this day, I. I I turn off waters, I turn off lights, I turn, like it's, I can almost like hear my dad's voice somewhere. Hey! So, uh, I mean, four kids, I don't know how they did it, but they did it. And um, all of us went to college, all of us are professionals, all of us do great. Um, and it's, it, it, my parents, they, they're a heck of a team. They, and that, that's, I think that's the thing. Uh, good adults in good positions at, at the right point in my life have been so instrumental the person I am today and have taught me how to be a better man, how to be a good person. Um, I, I, I did scouting, so I, I'm a Boy Scout and uh, I was able to get to my Eagle Scout, which is the highest rank as a Boy Scout. And, and you know, different people, church leaders, different um, 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 youth leaders and stuff like that. Like a lot of different people have put just a little bit of something into me and all of those things put together make me the person that I am today. You know what I mean? Well, great. Thank you so much. There's, uh, I think your friend Sandy Damascus, you, you truly are a gift to everyone you meet. Oh, thank you so much. 
I appreciate it. I, I'm not looking at the chat, so I don't I don't know how uh, who are. I guess I'll, I'll look at the video later and see who, who, who was chatting throughout and stuff. So um, speaking of a gift, the last portion of this show is a gift that came from adversity. So would you share with the audience going through these adversities, what is the gift that came from it? Well, I think one of the things that that, you know, trying to be an American taught me was, uh, you know, I love America. I love this country. I love what it stands for. And and having been a Boy Scout and all this stuff, like they teach you about the flag, they teach you about, you know, all the things that have to do with this country. I'm, I'm a lover of history. And um, so I think going on this American journey for me, the gift was this country and, and it's great culture and it's great people. Because I think we get a bad rap as Americans for how close-minded some of us are, how like, um, you know, there's a lot of people who give America a bad name, but there are so many great people here. There are so many cool and amazing people who love diversity, who love eating weird food from some country that you've never heard of. There's people who love that and they love the melting pot of America. And I think as much as sometimes you look and you roll your eyes like, oh my God, what? And and there are still so many good people here that, that love all the people who come from all different places who are here to support and help and, and, and you know, create a, a, a better America for all the people who are visiting. So my gift from adversity was, um, you know, that I, that I, I ended up being, uh, you know, a very, very, I, I actually became an American citizen um, probably around 2007, 2008. So I was able to vote in my first election in 2008. And, um, uh, you know, I, my gift was being able to stay here and, and make a new life and become an American citizen. And um, and all my family, too, we're all citizens. And we, we really love this country. And, you know, at the end of the day, it, it even though we have to earn our citizenship and most just take it for granted, it, a lot of people are trying to become a citizen of this country. And if only, uh, you know, we as Americans understood how how privileged we are um, to be a part of this country, um, you know, it's, it's a big deal for a lot of people. And a lot of people have an American dream that they still are fighting for every day and are trying to get in this country. And it's only gotten harder since I've been here. And, and you know, uh, since 9-11 and everything, everything is tightened up even more and more and more. And, and it, it's really hard to get here. And so whenever you see anybody who just got their green card or just got their visa, and, and my Facebook is littered with people, because like we said, you know, Berkeley College of Music, everybody's from somewhere. There are very few like Americans and who are in Berkeley. So my Facebook is littered with people who are like, I just got my visa. Like, I just got my green card. Like, they're just so happy that they're not going to have to leave, that they love being here, you know, and being with their friends and being with their new families and all this stuff. And I think it, it, it taught me a lot about how humanity, you know, we all need to support each other better and be kind to each other. And you know, your friend with the, with the funny accent and with the funny name, like, he needs help. He needs, he needs support. And it's tough here. It's very, very tough to make it here. And so once you get, you know, your first Thanksgiving in, you know, whatever it is. Like, that's one thing I love about, about America. Thanksgiving is the most, like, the funniest, uh, you know, um, holiday because it's, it's, it's literally the symbol of America because you have the turkey and that's the American thing. 
but then you always add whatever it is that you come with you know so for us uh there's like there's like rice with with beans in it and like there's you know all this stuff that's a, the dominican's parts of like of like you know um of thanksgiving but then you always got the turkey and you got the stuffing and you got you know the stuff that's you know like very american like i'm sure for you guys for you and Jaden, and uh you guys put in like you know sushi and you guys put in like you know what i mean like uh soup and like uh noodles and all that stuff so everybody adds something so to me I see I see Thanksgiving as one of those like American traditions that is about adding your part to America. Well, um Shunji Saegusa the oh, great challenge yeah. you have. He's Japanese, right? Yes. Konbanwa Saegusa san. So Carlos, uh we are about to close the show. Now, how can people find your music, uh social media, website, how can people reach out to you and they find your exciting music stuff okay cool um well um the artist name that we're working with right now is big man l say cinco big man l65 el65 so you put it all together big man because he's he's tall he's six five and uh big man el65 is the artist and um we've been working on his music for a very very long time and and, and working on not only like you know the thing is they're like i want to blow up i want to blow up the thing is Right now, the music, um, you know, it, it, the industry is very saturated. There's way too much music. And so nobody knows what to listen to. You ever had this problem? You go into Spotify and you have millions of music that you can listen to, like millions of songs, and you just don't know what to listen to. You know what I mean? So you have to do something to stand out from everybody else. So what we've been working with with Big Man is trying to figure out how to to work on all the other things that have to do with an artist the the, the visual the you know like we, we're thinking about doing like acting and doing all kinds of different things and so um you have to build a persona you can't just do the music or do the videos it has to do with nowadays what we call you know um social media you know you have to do videos you have to do um inspirational posts you have to do all the other things that create community and so if you're ever going to to create a brand you have to think about everything that's not the music because we all want to do the music but we don't understand that if we don't support that music through all these other things the music gets nowhere and the people because they have to consume all the different parts of you because there's so much stuff to do and there's so so little time and their their attention span is so short that if you don't have enough stuff for them to pick at then they're they're gone and you've lost there that one chance for that one person. So big man L say cinco, big man E L six five. And then me and my brother are by the bros, B Y T H E B R O S. B Y T H E B R O S. And that's on anything, on any social media you can find us. There's a lot of videos that we've done uh on YouTube. Um for many different artists and a lot of different things that we've done so uh there's a lot of things brewing there's a lot of cool stuff on the way uh we basically uh are are, are holding back a lot of the things that we're doing just to kind of get all this all this new chapter of the things that we're about to drop get it going so we're very excited for all the things that we're going to do uh with big man so thank you so much wonderful well thank you so much carlos so before we before you leave, I want you to say something in Spanish uh -huh. so then people who are listening to you who understand Spanish maybe can get some inspiration. So around a gift 
from adversity and then your message to people who may be listening and maybe struggling about their identity being immigrant. So if you can say something just empowering in Spanish, that would be great. Okay. Vámonos. Okay. <laughs> Para mi gente que están en sintonía, uh, yo soy Carlos Colón y quiero... Um, dedicarles este momento para ustedes los um, inmigrantes que se levantan todos los días a trabajar y, y, y a batallar no es fácil yo sé que no es fácil y cada día hay que hay que siempre mantenerse fiel a sus sueños y um, nunca se den por vencido um, I'm getting a little like teary eyed thinking about all this stuff. So, <laughs> um, sigan, sigan peleando. Y, um, pueden, ustedes pueden. You can do it. <laughs> There's still a lot of emotion in that, you know what I mean? Uh, it's, uh, it's a lot. So, um, I'm very, very proud of so many people who are here fighting every day and, You know, for the most part, a lot of them are just getting spat on and, and hated on, but they're the ones that keep this country going. They're the ones that clean your bedroom, I mean, your, your hotel rooms. They're the ones that cut your lawn. They're the ones that, you know, do a lot of the work, the construction and all this stuff that nobody wants to do. And they pick your fruit, they pick your, your, your vegetables. They do a bunch of things that most people won't show up for. So if, if, if all the immigrants in this country said we're not coming to work today, like the country would collapse, you know, because the majority of people who have a job, who have like a small business are, are immigrant entrepreneurs. I mean, Judy, you're, you're, you're an amazing symbol for something like that. I am too, my brother and I and, and big man. And we're all people who get up every day with a big dream and, and with our broken Spanish and, and, and our funny accent, we go at it every day. You know, we swing an axe and we try to cut a tree every time. You know what I mean? So uh, I, this this episode is dedicated to all of you, especially you, Judy. Well, thank you so much for being with us tonight. And then thank you for sharing your story today. So I will talk to you soon. And then thank you for our audience for tuning in today. And then I hope um, that you get some inspiration from Carl's story and then we can keep it going. Thank you, everyone, and have a great night. Thank you, everybody. Thanks for coming. Appreciate you guys.